0: Okay, so welcome back to the movies that raise me
1: yes welcome back this is our first quarantine special sort of quarantine down bonanza um <laughs> this is our first podcast we've ever done remotely so we're not affecting each other with our body odors
0: i always smell delightful we are a brother and sister duo from london england and we are exploring some of our favorite childhood films or favorite might be a stretch childhood films that stand out in our memory for whatever reason and well what do you think we're doing brother
1: i think films that have kind of shaped our view of the world uh, that have have had an impact or an influence on us for better or for worse and films that have shaped our yeah. discussions growing up and as adults.
0: Right, and the context of our lives, basically. Are you dancing? I
1: forgot you could see me. Now I'm looking <laughs> at you. <laughs> and on that note, I think we should reveal what film we're talking about. So this week we're talking about the 1998 Jim Carrey classic, The Truman Show. I remember the first time I watched this movie. It's so burnt in my mind
0: me neither but you were
1: <laughs> one. only
0: one year old or so yeah when this came out right so it's kind of part of our c- yeah. cultural fabric
1: it's woven into us like 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 as you Charlotte said mm. to, uh, when we discussed this film pre-recording it's like a film like Groundhog Day which is just part of our our culture, our language, our discourse. Um... Yeah,
0: and the references are fairly universal in, you know, the, the, the United States yes. and the UK. And it's... Well, what I, what I said about Groundhog Day is like it inspires a kind of genre, and the Truman Show probably borrows from Groundhog Day about being in a kind of alternative universe where you're the only one who knows or doesn't know, and you kind of have to work your way out of it.
1: If you haven't seen The Truman Show, I suggest you stop listening to this and watch it. Although it's not available on Netflix, is it?
0: Not in the UK. Yeah. For all our international international listeners.
1: listeners, um, I watched it it on the DVD that we have, which is very analogue. If you haven't seen it or you need a refreshing, it's about Truman Burbank. Truman Burbank. Truman Burbank as a baby... Um, since being a baby has lived in an art of fish well he's lived in a film set which is a massive dome and
0: like the millennium so dome. it
1: is basically like a film set where it has everything you could ask for of a small american town um, and this baby truman has been placed there and he's been brought up with the whole world it seems because we see people on all oh, from all different countries One,
0: watching
1: 1.7 billion people watched him be born. Exactly. And then they... It's quite bizarre. Very bizarre, but maybe less bizarre to our 2020 years.
0: Well, I'm just saying, I wouldn't be tuning in to that.
1: Who was... I wonder who his mother was. That's not something they really talk about, is it? Or
0: Someone who got paid a Someone... lot to give her baby to to be adopted the first baby adopted by a corporation that's scary man that sent a chill down my spine when they revealed that I wonder that. if
1: that's been beaten by reality like I wonder if that's happened I don't know
0: I didn't look into it I'm kind of scared to go down that road you know <laughs> especially after rewatching this but yeah continue right. you, were, you were doing a lovely synopsis <laughs> so
1: Truman Burbank is unaware of the fact that there are cameras watching his every move Um, him going to his job him uh, spending time with his wife him doing leisurely activities which you do in a small town where there's not much to do and diy talking to his neighbors Truman slowly realizes that his reality is not what it seems and that he is he comes to know what we all know um, that he is living in a film studio. Well, he doesn't really learn that until the very end, I believe, but he, he he knows that there is someone controlling the world.
0: In a way, it doesn't really matter, does it, what the actual scenario is. He The fundamental truth is that his reality is a lie. And
1: I'm not sure if we mention this, but uh, Truman is played by Jim Carrey. A legend. Who was probably the biggest comedy actor of the 90s. I, Robin Williams that's is up there. Make, obviously Bill Murray. Yeah.
0: Some people say um, Tom Hanks is a comedy actor, but I think he can just do everything. That guy's amazing.
1: I think this film really does show Jim Carrey's range. 100%. Uh, Jim Carrey was in The Mask. Uh, Ace Ventura, big one. Yeah. Um, Dumb and Dumber.
0: I don't like that one.
1: liar liar Love it. Uh I love Lila. I actually it made me think maybe I should rewatch it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna rewatch um, it as well. But have you rewatched The but, Mask? I love it, but it was it just too like he was too offensive for you. Like, it is very over the top. That's like
1: It's not offensive. That's peak
0: rubber face, Jim Carrey.
1: I think when I was a kid I just found it like Slightly scary, but also just a bit too garish. Like it's, I don't oh, know, it's like a bit garish. creepy. Yeah,
0: yeah but that he was is
1: nine-year-old me on my whiskey and cigar.
0: <laughs> no, but he is a lech when he has the mask on. That's the thing.
1: I would need to rewatch it. I mean, look, I'm prejudiced against it because I don't have any formed, real formed opinions about it. Okay. Jim Carrey
0: was such a huge figure of our childhood and like cult popular culture at the time and he managed to do that rare thing like Robin Williams where he bridged the gap between comedy and serious family and naughty deep and funny and then he kind of just fell off a cliff I guess and mentally I mean not physically I think he's okay but people younger people now I think they think he's just some kind of weird like guy with long hair that does
1: Oh. I mean, an interview with him popped up. Uh, it was, like, on a red carpet. And the interview was giving all the kind of, like, classic red carpet questions such as, what are you wearing? <laughs> um, and it was, you know, very s- surface-level, superficial, e-news, whatever. And he just, re- like, this was recently, and he just looked at her and replied and was like, why are we here? Like, why are we here? Why are you asking me this? I rate that, though. And... I rate it, but um, I think maybe it implies that he kind of has got sick of the fame game. and.
0: 100%. He's too just... smart for
1: that shit, I reckon. I always thought that. He's
0: he's an unusual guy because it's like, he'd be mildly attractive, but because he does all those faces and stuff, it's like, ugh, you know, it's just like slightly terrifying. There's something mm. kind of scary about him. I think him. that
1: works, though.
0: Yeah, no, it yeah. De- I know 100% works in this movie. I have to say, i read a few things, heard a few things on other podcasts about uh, alternate casting for Jim Carrey. Um, for Truman, sorry. And I just don't think anyone else could have done it like that. It...
1: Who was up for it?
0: So Tom Hanks.
1: Hmm, obvious. <laughs> um...
0: The writer Andrew Nichol had Gary Oldman in mind, but remember this is Gary Oldman. That might
1: be too.
0: But he had a much darker idea. So his idea was to have this. We
1: should say that I don't know if you read this, but the original script was based on the script for the Twilight Zone.
0: Well, I think they. Which
1: is an anthology series.
0: I read the guy being like, I didn't base it on the Twilight Zone.
1: Okay, well we have different sources I read that the original script was submitted for the Twilight Zone and then it, they decided to adapt it oh.
0: for
1: well, the theatrical
0: I, I've read that this Andrew Nickel guy had the idea and obviously originally he wanted it set like in a bubble in New York so they like, built a bubble in New York like an alternate place and they were filming in there and that the original Truman was like an alcoholic um, seeing a sex worker behind his wife's back and like it was just like really dark and that's what he had like the Gary Oldman in mind for. And then obviously <clears throat> the production studio was like, mm, "Now nah, we're going to take a different like turn and even if you look at the lineup of alternate directors they they were thinking about, you can see that they thought we've got to commercialise this. So then Peter Weir came in and, and his like wife or something or daughter said like, why don't you film in that town, Seaview in Florida because it's like, you know, picturesque, and that's how they got that that creepy town vibe instead of New
1: York. So it was, it was to me also evocative of Pleasantville, that setting, which was released a year later. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I, th- or a year before, I think a year after. Yeah, I think ninety nine. Also,
0: a film called Ed TV released.
1: Which was, yeah. Okay, you,
0: you, you, you learnt this as well. I thought that was fascinating.
1: So yeah, tell us about Ed TV.
0: Well, just... from what I read, it is starred Matthew McConaughey in the kind of Truman character role. So, like, for some reason, he goes to an audition or this producer decides that he's she's going to make a show just about him and his life, like in Truman, but he's already an adult. So then they try and set him up with Liz Hurley and his brother is, uh, oh, what's his name? Woody. Woody Arlsberg. Woody Harlsberg. I don't know how to say it. Um, and yeah, trouble ensues, I guess. I think it ends up with him wanting to be off the show.
1: So it's a concept, which was obviously like bubbling within the zeitgeist of the late 90s. Mm. Um, and i think i mean we're going to talk about this later but i think that you know especially in the 2000s this film was constantly uh kind of seen as a precursor to reality tv yeah. like big brother yeah um there had been or like uh not a precursor but like a foreshadowing yeah um but there had been other reality tv shows reality tv shows so there was like the real world on mtv yeah i i never watched this did you
0: i don't think i did i i watched the hills that was quite an early reality Mm -hmm. tv show
1: yeah i think the real world was one of those ones that just never really crossed over to the uk or or maybe we were too young yeah But uh, that was yeah because in the hills kind of like a jersey shore but i think less booze and nudity and more like
0: wouldn't be possible to have more um so yeah uh i I remember in the hills in the final episode i stopped watching it long before the final episode but it's you you know you watched it on youtube because basically they zoomed out of the final shot and then just started like dismantling the set and it was like with the hollywood letters in the background sort of uh, like oh was it real and now it's kind of universally accepted that when we watch Love Island, there are producers pulling the strings. Hmm. Like, it's called scripted reality. Not reality TV anymore. Well, it still is, but you know what I mean.
1: No, 100%. Um, but people still watch it. A...
0: Because that's what I think is so interesting about the Truman Show concept. Somebody, I, I was reading the vulture article online, and I would recommend that. It's written by somebody called James Charisma, which, <laughs> if it's a real name, fair play. Uh, I can't believe it. It could be real. Um,
1: <laughs> could be like a stage name, a nom de plume, a writer's
0: name. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was. He said that um, the Truman concept is slightly more similar to something like punked you know where there's or like you know when the um angry Mm. devil used to set people up on balls of fire like where
1: one balls of steel balls of fire is something she goes to the doctor about
0: (laughs) not if you're a ginger though um uh no balls of steel was about it was like a kind of prank show type thing not quite i don't know anyway it's more like that because they're trying to get the true reaction of Truman all the time. And even his name, is like mm. Truman. Like, at some point, um, let me find the quote. The writer of the show said, When you know there's a camera, there is no reality. In that respect, Truman Burbank is the only genuine reality star. So, like, the concept is that as soon as you know the camera is there, you stop being real, and it's no longer reality TV. So... There, therein lies the kind of... Um, almost like cartesian question of are we real how do we know the world is real Mm. um and the idea that once you know people are watching once you know there's a camera there is no reality so it's like you can't be authentic in front of a camera which we know isn't true because you see interviews of people you know I i think it's slightly misguided
1: i think it's very different for us because we have grown up surrounded by cam, Like, okay, we're not Michael Jackson's children. Thank God. But just in our... Ev- no, yeah. I meant that as in, like, they were filmed everywhere they went. Um, but I, I'm saying just generally in society, mm-hmm. there are cameras everywhere. Like, even before phones, our parents yeah. filmed our first and and that is kind of what videos. I think
0: this movie, which they didn't intend it to do, but sort of tells the story of the millennial mindset. Like... I'm the star in my own movie my parents have told me I am special and wonderful and I can do anything I want if I just work hard enough dream big they say and I, I must credit this to a podcast with um, on Under the Skin with Russell Brand and he was interviewing a guy called Will Star who'd written a book called Selfie um, wherein he explored the idea mm. that you know we're we've kind of become obsessed with the selfie, the image of our face, uh, and what that might say about us. Um, But it's this sort of idea that the Truman Show and the idea of being watched all the time seemed kind of apocalyptic in the movie. Like, you're you're sitting there thinking, this is a human rights violation. But yet, now it's just accepted that everybody broadcasts their life, and, and if you want to get famous quickly, go on a reality
1: tv show so yeah because what you were saying earlier made me think of the of Christoph's Mm uh one of his first quotes which was we've become bored of we've become bored with watching actors give us phony emotions while the world he inhabits is in some respects counterfeit there's nothing fake about truman himself no scripts no cue cards it isn't always shakespeare but it's genuine." And I wonder if the writers of this film were kind of aware of, like, cultural shifts that hadn't fully come into fruition yet, or, like, um, or were aware of what the capabilities of modern technology and uh, 24-hour news cycles and stuff like that would bring us, because... Or was it the. Because I've written down that Big Brother was uh, mm-hmm. first broadcast in 1984. Well, I, I, funnily enough, I rewatched um,
0: some old episodes of Big wh- Brother on YouTube.
1: Hmm. So the first one, just say, was the Netherlands, yeah. and then it was brought over to the UK. Okay. Um, and I, I just wonder well, maybe the creators. Yeah, but also 1984. It, who knows what the. Exactly, exactly.
0: But it's a sort but of... The
1: idea the intention of surveying someone Christoph
0: 24-7. ...is, in Christophe's mind, benign. He doesn't think... He thinks he's giving Truman a better life. And so do you think some of these producers, when they're doing Love Island, mm-hmm. do you think because make, they think they're making the plot better and giving these people a better chance at winning or being famous or selling teeth whitening strips, that... They don't see so clearly the kind of weird invasion on these people's agency because that does it does when I watched back this episode of well it was like a um what you call it trailer leader you know when they they play it before like on channel four um about what big brother was and it even now reminded me of love island the the basic concept hasn't changed they brought in the boys they brought in the girls they gave them loads of booze you know it it was the
1: same i mean the big brother i think started with the artifice of oh we're a, a social experiment but it was very and i think it was very soon people realized or like it just became clear that what people wanted from the show was not necessarily the sociology of it but it was like the drama and the action i mean i think it still is interesting to watch something like love island from a sociological perspective even being aware of the fact that it is constructed because i think that it does mirror a lot of people's relationships but then i think we're at a point where it almost feels like the inverse has happened and like things like love island have affected the way people communicate and act with each other, so...
0: They're no longer mirroring. They're, yeah, like, it's... instructing. They're setting the bar, setting the standard and the tone of the conversation and the way people treat each other. Um, and I think that is interesting because I certainly don't feel particularly existential always when I watch Love Island. Probably because there's enough going on to distract me. And this is what I was going to ask you. Do you remember... When we were younger, and Big Brother was on OG Big Brother, like, I guess Jade Goody might be the first one I really remember. Mm. I kind of remember the first ever series, just the hubbub around it. Like, oh my God, this thing, they've got chickens. Um, And they're all gonna get drunk and shout at each other. (laughs) Nasty Nick. Nicholas, that's (laughs) what he was in, yeah. Nasty Nick, it's even like something that's become part of our language, a kind of cultural
1: touchstone. And that seems so benign now, what he did, writing down people's names. Like, that's so benign. Yeah, yeah. And
0: it's why it interested me what you said about Big Brother kind of having this guise of being a social experiment. Obviously, at that time in the UK, that was a bit required, and maybe in the Netherlands, to make this acceptable, because people hadn't kind of figured it was wrong or an invasion of privacy, or they they had and the producers needed to you know rid themselves of that idea and make it fully consensual these people know what they're doing and I suppose once you get past the first series and you see that people are throwing themselves up to be on these shows then you can say oh the public love it why oh let's make a reality show because after that after big brother was so successful it just boomed right do you remember when we were younger Big Brother's on 24 Hours, sometimes we'd just put it on and watch it. Why Why would we do that? It was so boring.
1: And the the bird noises when they started talking about something like that needed to be censored. I always
0: uh, thought, who's sitting there listening to it this? Was like,
1: <laughs> chirps. Yeah. It. But there was something quite comforting about it, just knowing that so, Big Brother okay, was there so here's- for you, I guess. Because like it's... So that's something that I, I was going to say while we were still talking about reality TV is that they didn't just get the concept of reality TV right, but they also got yeah. the voyeurism of it. Like, So the fact that we see people all over the world watching it, including a Truman Show. Right, and that seems bar,
0: ridiculous which we when get you think about it. But then there are literally bars. It, I went exactly, to Exactly, that's Island what I'm quiz, saying. There are literally places so... decked out for Love Island. Um Admittedly, only...
1: I did um, go out first round of the sex positions.
0: Need, needed to know that, uh, thanks.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it happens. It's, it's totally normal now. I, I don't think there's a bar devoted solely to Love Island, but if they end up getting it on round the clock, imagine if they could show it round the clock. Now they've got two series. Imagine if they could show it, but it's just like every X or so months the people get switched or new people
1: come in but, but for bars it's like perfect because you've got uh how old are the old 16 to 30 year old audience who are the people people that they want to get into 16. bars or who go to bars it's america and boy i don't know how old not you don't go I'm to not a in bar in america i think 16, it has to be 21 know, like the people who watch love island right but the people oh who watch love sorry island, so sorry like, okay, uh, you mean here the, yeah what Sorry, the viewership. Yeah, perfect. What I'm saying is the viewership for Love Island are the kind of people. It's, perfect that, storm. it's a great yeah, perfect storm. So, I mean, you can completely understand why bars, you know, go down those Love Island themes. Um, it must work well for them. Uh, but with the but then on the other side, so when we see the Truman Bar, it then made me think of shows like Gogglebox or even uh, nowadays, online you can like live stream your um, living room, or like you can do reaction videos on YouTube. So the idea that we were being vo- we were a voyeur mm. to the voyeur, that kind of relationship of viewing someone viewing something, um, yeah. is now part of our culture. And you have to remember well. that I'm um, not saying
0: it was completely groundbreaking. It's obviously been done, but the way it was done in this movie, I feel, was very original at the time. The way that they cut the scenes of people yeah. watching. Because it, it was so slick, the way they did it. And, and, and it it was a device that helped them, you know, touch on the past without breaking the narrative.
1: Also, the use of, like, the use of, um, camera angles. Because the... When you saw the people watching the show, the camera was always in the same fixed position. Yeah. As if it was a camera documenting <laughs> or observing them. Yeah. Um, which is like gogglebox it, it it wasn't like you were getting a like a realistic like an, or the it wasn't like the camera was following them around the bar the camera was always fixed where the tv was so it was like a double sided camera to the tv I'm wondering
0: what tv show that is a very astute observation by the way i was going to ask you at some point like what your favorite camera angle was mine are the um pencil sharpener and the dashboard i think that's very clever because um, with the pencil sharpener, it was like the whole world has literally done a 360 as he's literally losing his mind. So, as he discovers that his world like, is crumbling around him, and I suppose that's not something we see often on reality TV now. Because they don't really do punked anymore. Um, they don't really do setup stuff, do they? It's not as.
1: Yeah, because on Big Brother you had like a camera yeah. disguised in the mirror.
0: Yeah, so people would be saying like stuff.
1: I mean, the more I think about it, the more I think that Big Brother was like directly yeah,
0: this too. film. Yeah,
1: me too. Because there are so many small connections. And the fact that they uh, came out like a year later, someone in the Netherlands, surely saw this film. But the other thing is, did I don't know if in the uh, the final bit after it's rev- you know he's escaped did you find it i don't know if you found it as harrowing that the um the two security guards who we watch watch the film one of them goes uh, you want another slice no i'm okay what else is on yeah let's see what else on. where's the tv guide and that's straight after truman has left the show so it's like it just shows how passive like right. voyeurism can be and like observing other people's lives that so they just switch on to the next thing as soon as like, it's shown, like, that's a big event, but then, in reality, people just forget about it as soon as it's happened, and that's often how... Like, I can't remember who was on Love Island a year ago, yeah. even though I watched it. I could, if you ask me, but it's not on the forefront of my mind. And It's like, that thing about with reality TV is that it is it does create disposable It's a victim of its own success. Like, you do just...
0: Or is it... It's, yeah. it's the success and the, and the contestants are the victims, because... Um, it at the end of the day, reality TV continues to be sought after, just not those people. Just needed a fresh set of people. So like you say, totally disposable. Um, yeah, no, I actually took a note of that, uh, what else is on. Because the thing that gives you hope... So basically, while Truman is living in his reality show, there are people that occasionally come in and uh, try and tell him. So the first is his dad, who died in an unfortunate... Um, ship uh, boat accident that was totally constructed to stop Truman ever leaving uh, Sea View or Sea Haven, think it's called. Well, they they kind of write the dad off as a disgruntled ex employee. It's quite funny. It's just like oh well we, he when he got killed off he was annoyed so he snuck back in to try and get in again. Um, but like you say, disposable personalities, right? Because if you're not doing what they want you to, then they kill you. Um, then you have uh, Lauren Garland um, creatively named because she is very beautiful and is the focus of his attention and like for some reason like obviously she's beautiful and he can't stop looking at her and he kind of knows and I thought what's quite meta is that the one person he feels this connection with is the one person who's trying to tell him the truth like when she looks in his eyes she's not lying to him and that's quite deep I think and it's maybe like shown that fundamentally we, we seek authenticity rather than the wife who's just throwing herself at him really fately because mm. there's a lot of questions about her as well I mean is she your classic sort of bounces from Love Island to X on the beach to this that because it seems like she is willing she's prepared to live it's a lifestyle to her like honestly when she said that at the beginning like the Truman Show is a lifestyle that I've chosen <laughs> Like, is there a future career prospect after this, or was she just hoping that once she has the baby, she'll get such a big payoff that she can retire?
1: Also, just so we're on it, um, the his love interest. Uh, what's yeah. her name? Lauren Gardens. Sylvia. Um, yeah. She. Oh, Sylvia. Yeah. The fact that she is denounced as being. Like her, a liar because she's a hysterical woman is funny because that's also just like a trope yeah, from reality TV. Like, like the hysterical woman. seen it woman. like Geordie Shaw or the overly emotional. Like clever what yeah. they do
0: because um, obviously this whole world follows Truman around 100% of the time. There's cameras everywhere. And it's kind of strange because you've got like roads that lead to nowhere, a kind of mysterious sea that, you know, it's just. I think a lot of times when. It's like when people come out of reality TV. Like, do you remember Roxanne Pallet? She was in Celebrity Big Brother, and then she freaked out mm. thinking this guy was yeah. like touching her inappropriately, and then he was like, "No, I wasn't."
1: Punched her, and it, yeah. her, she and it all blew up. And yeah. she
0: ended up saying, "Like, I'm, I'm really sorry. It's just I have been in an abusive relationship before, and how I felt in that moment was as though he was attacking me." And obviously, I've misremembered it. Eventually, she said this. And it got me thinking, like, people always say, oh, Truman, like, so obvious, some of this stuff. Like, his wife advertises everything at him because it's product placement for the TV show. Like, all these things that make us chuckle about, like, the two guys backing him into a certain um, advert, Uh, those two old men who come and talk to him every morning. It's in order to get him to stand by this advert obviously again for product placement so the way people act when they're on tv we have to remember that they're not seeing the same reality that we are so when we're sat at home going like oh my god why is she doing that oh my god that's so cringy why is he telling her he likes her why are they doing this or
1: like why did they overreact or
0: why are they acting like that that is so strange you have to remember that in that moment because i think it can happen very quickly that the human brain adapts to a new situation a new set of rules like the lockdown proves that everyone's like oh right lockdown cool and you slowly get used to it now it feels normal so think if you were in big brother or love island for six weeks by then you are living in a different reality (laughs) like your your boundaries have moved from where they were in the real world and so truman grew up in this world so he his Reality is something we can't even imagine. It's He doesn't have the same cultural touchstones, reference points, things that would set off red flags in our heads. He doesn't understand them. He's been indoctrinated. I mean, it's it's. I guess it is crueler than the reality TV we have because the producers now always have the fallback of, well, a person applied to come on this show and they signed a waiver. They, that doesn't... I think they haven't taken into account the mental state of people sometimes especially
1: when these are often you know people younger than you or i like you don't you you're not making sensible and responsible decisions at that age um so that argument always annoys me especially when the producers are always older so it's (laughs) like yeah it's a bit uncomfortable i i think you have to take responsibility that what people think is good for them yeah. isn't necessarily what's good for them and you're the one providing them to have a fall and rise a rise and fall sorry in front of the public but you also must know platform.
0: that the most they can really hope for unless they get very very lucky is to be a an occasional story on the daily mail and to advertise things on Instagram
1: yeah I just but we I think it's also it is interesting because we've grown up with reality TV yeah And so we saw, for example, the, it sounds bad, but, like, the demise of Jade Goody, like, both because she did the, she had the racism scandal and then she obviously had a public death.
0: It's like um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same result but thinking it's going to change. And something else I think is quite interesting is that Jim Carrey had the more classic kind of Hollywood experience of this, but there were some places saying things about how, at the time, he was obviously a huge point in his career. He was charging $20 million a movie. He was being hounded by the press. He had the press, like, follow him on his honeymoon and take pictures. And he was uncomfortable. So I guess he could relate in some ways to Truman. <laughs> Even though he like, he'd
1: chosen to do it. So, in the Truman Show we get these little bits where uh, one of the actors, like his wife or his friend, will turn to camera, um, look in the camera and say something along the lines of...
0: For example, the best friend always arrives with a six-pack of cold brewskis, and at one point, the beers enter the room before he does, and he's always drinking them with the the beers like facing the camera and going, ''Mmm, that's a good beer.'' His wife is the best. She's like, oh, honey, I got us a new this, that, the other. You can peel. You can um, grate. It does everything. And he's just like, okay. And uh, she also recommends he gets a new (laughs) lawnmower in the strangest possible way. And it's like so funny to see now because I think it's a bit of a send up at the time. But product placement was, we we talked about this on um, I Am Legend, didn't we? It was pretty blatant. At some points in the 2000s, I think. Sorry.
1: It's hard to remember how common product placement was because I think now we watch so much on programmes like Netflix, it's just not as common on those. Well, now
0: the companies have worked out they just use Instagram because that's where people are watching and paying attention, not when they're watching TV.
1: And that's what I was going to say is that the shift um, kind of... So I guess the film was sending up people selling the stuff to the camera to the audience at home whereas now it's almost like they're selling it to the truman and we're the truman yeah because it's a, it's about that relatability isn't it it's about like oh someone who you see as a friend is selling you this item the advertising on tv
0: yeah the advertising of now is more like the way they push truman in certain directions you know, by telling him that, like, travelling is bad. Like the, poor, the poor, poor soul tries to get out of this weird Pleasantville town and goes to the travel agent, which is, like, the worst travel agent ever. It's, it's like it's the travel agent now in the time of corona. It's like, don't go travelling, it's very dangerous. I don't have any flights to Fiji. Um, because he wants to go to Fiji because that's where Lauren Garland's Big dad said she lived. So when when Lauren took him away on a kind of date and tried to... I mean, she could have told him, like, in the library, but she, for some reason, took him to the furthest edge of town and was, like, trying to tell him that he's on a TV show. They start kissing. There's a real spark between them. And then some old man turns up and is like, get in the car. I'm her dad. She's crazy. She's done this to every guy she meets. You're not special. And then he's like, we're moving to Fiji, (laughs) which is, like, the furthest away... Apparently you can be from Truman so that's why he's obsessed with it but there ain't no getting out of there because Kristoff's going to make that hard for him that's something I think is difficult because you know sometimes on reality TV now like on Love Island say sometimes they'll do something like say you can both stay but you have to break up or like one of you if one of, one of you can stay one of you can walk blah 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 and like it's a bit it was a bit like that. It was kind of like he needed Christoph set it up so that he had to die or get free. When, when Truman tries to escape, they set the weather on him. Right. So that his boat is like capsizing and he, you think he might be dead at one point. It's, it's quite scary. And, and you're thinking, would, would I tune into this? I can see why the audience were on the edge of their seats. They've been watching this guy since he was a baby. Would you watch it? the Truman Show would you be a watcher
1: I think I could see myself falling into the 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 protesters like (gasps) the girl he's chasing
0: yeah yeah it would depend on what age I was as a child yeah I mean I watched Big Brother and all of that I probably would have just had it on in the background
1: but I did when I was younger I did watch Jeremy Kyle
0: now that I don't know how I
1: feel about that (laughs) That is That's
0: bad.
1: bad. <laughs> but I, I mean, I wouldn't watch that. I mean, it's not on anymore, but I wouldn't watch <laughs> that now. But as a kid, like... No, I feel uncomfortable now watching
0: um, Love Island or whatever, any of these reality TV yeah. shows, because I just think,
1: I, what's the point? This all yeah, just seems so I was, wasteful. I was going to say, actually, um, even the world he lives in, the... Sea Haven that's what it's called. Sea Sea Haven is almost like a metaphor for how we interact with social media because right. it's like an artificial reality yeah. where he has these interactions with other human beings which don't necessarily give him what he wants because it's contrived or it's through like a ven- is there's a veneer to it yeah. which is often i think how you feel you know interacting on Instagram or interacting um on Facebook and I think
0: right a bit disorientated I mean at the moment
1: I yeah at the moment I think on one hand uh so like stuff like zoom or social media has been able to give us connections with friends and we've been able to communicate with people and it's probably been better than being completely cut off from the world but at the same time it's made me really appreciate real uh connection and experience yeah I'm having I think social media
0: I'm having yeah. deeper conversations with people when I do, you know, cause we'll like plan mm. to talk, plan to meet up. And we're. The, I just feel like we're talking about ideas more and the future more. And that's, a, I was gonna say the the optimistic part at the end of this film is that most of the watchers cheer for him and are on his side. Yeah. And the girl, uh, Sylvia, who played Lauren, is also watching and she gets up and starts running. I don't know if she lives near the set or what. Maybe maybe they camp outside waiting for him to be freed. But um, there's this kind of optimism of like, oh, he's going to go and start this new life and everything. And then, like you say, they hit you with the, oh, what's on next or what else is on? Um,
1: yeah, the futility. The futility.
0: So you're sort mm. of left feeling a bit confused as well. And I think that's something you tapped into about the internet is that for a while people were still working out how to interact on there and there was when it was first invented it was thought it could revolutionize the social order and bring um equality but what really has happened is that the same kind of social structures have semigrated onto the internet and and like and you say it, it sea haven could be a metaphor because the cinematography lots of it is sort of blocked off so even like his work cubicle he's blocked in. Every time he's being filmed, even if it's a wide angle, he's kind of penned in somehow. He's always got that, um, you know like the proscenium in the arch uh, so doesn't quite mm. break the fourth wall, even though it does because we actually see the actors talking off camera and Christoph explaining his great idea.
1: And then, so something else that kind of linked social media is the surveillance yeah. um and i was just thinking with Christoph in this godlike role uh they have tracked you know every kind of emotion every movement that truman has made and then they almost nudge him not even nudge but they put something in front of him like the woman he ends up marrying when actually he wanted to marry or he wanted to at least have a relationship. Uh, with Sylvia, and that in some ways mirrors the way uh surveillance advertisement works. You know all of our data is stored in the way that he is tracked, and then we 're given ideas of what we should want or what we should like um from advertisers or from things like Google
0: yeah, no I think that 's really interesting, and the the craziest thing about it to me, having rewatching this film is that we are voluntarily doing that Um, and I wonder if people were less are less outraged when they feel like they've taken control of it like they're submitting to it it's almost like delegating your need to think about what you might like
1: so on that note I just wanted to know if you would go into what you've decided on a personal level to step away from social media oh
0: you asking all the tough questions (laughs) to feel like Truman a little boxed in by it as if every time I opened the apps on my phone I was kind of narrowing myself into a certain gap of my conscience consciousness and experience because when you're in that uh I think who called them phone zombies you know like when you're you're stuck in your phone and and you're not really noticing what else is going on around you you zone out of what's really going on and you stop being in the present and you're in the future or the past. I have not find it's the past because, or it's, it's somebody else's present. It's a simulation
1: so, of the present, which is probably the past because it needs time to catch up whereas your brain is always in the present. But that's a that's like an artificial simulation of the present.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're not really experiencing anything. And I found that, Taking time away, part of it was that I went travelling um, and I didn't want to, I wasn't going to pay for data so I just, like, turned my data off so I only went on things when I went to Wi-Fi just because I thought it would be an interesting experiment. And I found, like, I really was so much more engaged walking around, doing things. If I was listening to a podcast, I was actually listening to it not looking at my phone at the same time. Um, the only time I'd stopped to get my phone out would be to take pictures of things I saw... But I felt just so much more centred. The books that I read, I remember them more clearly, if that makes sense. And I think I just felt like there was a kind of chronic procrastination that came with with social media for me. But also the creepiness of the targeted advertising, surveillance advertising, and the pressure, the kind of weird social pressure, that felt almost juvenile, juvenile. You know to kind of keep up with people or to i'm not saying that everybody feels this and people trying to make me feel that way but sometimes i think i said this earlier i feel a little bit like do people mean to share this much i feel like i can see your motives for posting this very clearly i feel like i can feel right where you are i don't know if i'm meant to feel that because i don't know if you want me to feel to know that and Or or if you even know that that's the vibe you're putting off. And I think that social media can definitely be tied to bad mental health, poor mental health. So for me, I just stopped going. I haven't even deleted it. I just deleted the apps off my phone. And uh, I haven't missed it at all. Only seen pictures of my friends and family. But they send me those on WhatsApp now anyway. And I feel like I I don't just comment, you know, some clapping hands and a, a flame emoji. I actually... Ask them about their day and their experience.
1: I mean, not to go off on too much of a tangent or be too hippy dippy, but there's an equation for happiness, um, like how to feel happy. That is like um, expectation of reality versus, or some, or equals 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 your lived reality. And I think the yeah. thing with social media is that it's always increasing your expectation of what reality should be like, but it's never satisfying what reality feels like. It's only... Because it's designed a bigger to gap. be addictive. Um, and I mean, that's completely probably off the Truman Show, but I think, in a way, it's I don't not think off so. the I Truman think it's Show, perfectly because he relevant. lives in an augmented reality. He literally lives this in... This takes a- us... Yes. ...to the section on mental health. Yes. <laughs> Truman literally lives in a constructed reality. Um, And to some extent we all do, but his is like on steroids. Sorry. And then should we, yeah, I'll let you segue. No, the
0: difference is, the difference is his is controlled by somebody else. So he knows he has zero agency when he figures it out. Mm -hmm. Whereas people, the way it works on social media is, I think you feel like you have your control and agency until a point where it runs away from you and it starts dictating what you do and you suddenly feel pressured to post things or you feel you need to reply to people or you should be posting to so people know that you're not a loser or whatever. I don't know all the motivations people... All, people who post pictures hoping that somebody they know will see it and have a certain reaction.
1: It's like you're feeding so the beast like but it's got an insatiable appetite. That will never be satisfied. But
0: we're all Christophs. Yeah. We're all both Christoph and Truman at the right. same time. And that's a mindfuck if you think about it. Because Christ- Christoph thinks he's doing the best for Truman. And Truman doesn't want what Christoph thinks is best. And that's the kind of internal struggle we have on the daily. Is like, well, I feel like everybody's saying I should be this person. I should do that thing. I should buy this accessory. Um, but... I end up feeling unfulfilled and empty yeah. by it. And I think that's a huge part of um, mental health issues mm. because I I was speaking to my friend today who works uh, slightly in this field. I won't say her name in case she doesn't want me to talk about her work, but um, it wasn't about her work. She was telling me about an author. Oh, I can't remember the quote, but it was something like um, experience versus reality, like you say. And yeah, madness is, or, or uh, insanity comes from when you feel like your lived reality doesn't match up to what you thought it was. So it's like in this moment where your reality shatters and that's in that gap between your lived experience and your expectation, that's where this real kind of trauma starts. That's what she said, it's the recipe for trauma, is when you realise that what you Assumed was safe is no longer safe. So if some if you attacked in your own home, it's going to be particularly traumatic because it's somewhere you thought you were safe and now you're not safe there anymore. Your fundamental reality and experience of it has changed, and so that's it does make me worry for Truman. Like when he gets, so he basically he he survives Christoph's weird test of like, oh well, if he really wants to get off you know, he'll basically have to be willing to die. Which I think him just saying a few times, can I go now? Should have really told Christoph he didn't want to be there anymore.
1: that yeah, um, doesn't really exist in well, this world,
0: does it? That's what I was going to say. I mean, everything he does is being filmed. So what about when he does have sex with his wife, which is alluded to as happening, and apparently in other cuts or, or versions of the script or film there was um, a kind of thing where she got paid an extra amount every time they had sex, like an extra 100000 or something. So it's like in her interest to have sex with him uh, as an incentive, I guess. And that they also really wanted to build up to this, um, her to get pregnant and then have the first live conception and then have the first... Then they do a spin-off show with Truman's son and the, the spin-off show will follow the son... And you see oh, them yeah, like side by side.
1: I scene. It's a, you can find it on YouTube, by the way. Oh, is YouTube. that the
0: deleted yeah. scene you meant?
1: Because yeah. the deleted
0: scene I was thinking of was that basically, one of the things as well about mental health, people experience a mental health like that, where they become disturbed by some sort of realisation, something, some puncture that shocks them, a punctum into realising that their reality isn't what they thought it was and they no longer feel safe. In something they assumed or took for granted as being so. Um, and there's some great moments, like because Christoph has created this whole uh, space around Truman where the 4 the 4 is punctured. And so, like for example, when um, Meryl starts trying to attack him with her amazing peeler chopper slicer grater, and then I think she shouts, Do something! And then the friend comes in. And it's like that moment when she says, do something. It's like, you can see the fear in her eyes. The fact she's got to this point that she's willing to cast aside her, her whole job um, and livelihood because it's got too much. And there's the bit on the beach where he's talking to his friend and the friend is like, I would never lie to you. And then we realise it's Chris, they're doing a Serrano de Bergiac. Christoph's talking to marlon and telling him what to say and it's like god that experience felt so genuine and it wasn't but was it because there's a deleted scene where the friend sees him running away down the beach and decides not to tell anyone and goes on shouting truman truman like pretending he hasn't seen him and letting him escape which like if you think about it included it would add a, a slightly
1: different angle i think it but it wasn't develop
0: so. his character
1: yeah because no just because we would think well not everybody was lying to truman but then in terms of mental health i think if you knew someone who was experiencing what truman was experiencing you would think that they were crazy they were psychotic like or they were having an episode right if
0: they came to you and said e- my mum isn't my male mum i mean i <laughs> I had a friend who said this once and, uh, yeah, I think we told her she was being crazy.
1: I mean, yeah, like crazy maybe isn't But the yeah, I've words. been accused of
0: being an actor.
1: But like, I use crazy as well, but like, obviously there's definitely, there is a disorder called the true, I don't know if well, it's a disorder, oh, yeah. the Truman.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. So, or syndrome, um, because it's like a collection of symptoms, but they don't actually know what causes it. But yeah, it's, I think it's like Paris syndrome, which is when... Um, apparently, Japanese people get to Paris and they realise it's really dirty and doesn't look like what they thought. So their expectation
1: doesn't... is so off of what it's actually like the yeah. material realization that they go into like a is it? It's kind of like a coma, not a coma, but like a a
0: psychotic. It's break. a trauma. A break. It's a
1: trauma. Yeah, yeah,
0: they're PTSD and they yeah they they just can't handle it. And same thing, kind of with the messiah syndrome except it's the opposite where i suppose their reality like for some reason whatever the expectation was they just start thinking they're a messiah so maybe their expectation was like oh i'm not gonna think anything it's just a historical place and then they get there and they're like it's so spiritual i'm jesus
1: to to be honest i think truman dealt with his situation very well. Like he he was very sure that what like once he kind mm. of flipped the switch, he was very certain that things weren't right and kind of yeah. Went with and his it's instinct, also
0: because which... that he has his "I am God" scene, which is like I guess Bruce Almighty kind of nods to this, doesn't it? Um, that he gets in front of the the bus and the car and holds his hand out, and everybody stops to look at him, and it's like oh no I am right everybody here and it's like little things build up I'm reading or rather listening on audiobook to Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers at the moment and he basically tells us in this Mm -hmm. book that um, humans default to truth so it takes a lot of doubts to tip you over from your default to truth your default that this person is telling me the truth to oh wait, I think they're lying. So although we might think of ourselves as great detectives, like there's myriad examples in his book, Go Get It. It's really good. Um, I'm not sponsored by him. Can be if he wants me to be. Um, But yeah, uh, basically Truman's brain would have been rationalising all of it. And the fact that they structured it this way, like you say, I think it might actually have equipped him better to deal with it because he knew he was safe. No one was going to hurt him because he seemed to be the centre of everything. Mm-hmm. So he had this kind of weird, like, but millennial the, belief in himself, because everybody, for his whole life, everybody's been trying to get on his good side so they can be in the shot for longer, you know?
1: The world Yeah, like, we problems.
0: cannot imagine how that feels, but some people think that's true, but and it what isn't. what the hell is going to happen? And they have Truman Man
1: Syndrome. What the hell is going to happen when Truman leaves this rea- this? constructive reality and goes into the outside world because number one everyone is going to know who he is but then not necessarily going to be kind to him or like act as if he's not famous like they were in the show and secondly that's the great fit people aren't gonna that's
0: the great kind of question of the 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 film right because yeah he kind of
1: because he's gonna be even more famous once he's yeah but you feel
0: like when he leaves um, and Christophs begged him to say and he's like no I'm leaving talking to him from the sky like a literal god and he's like I'm leaving blah 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 and then he's like that world out there is horrible I can give you everything you need as if the show could be any good by the way if he'd just gone back onto it um, and then uh, he goes turns around and basically does his catchphrase from the show um, and in case I don't see ya good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And it's just like some cheeky, cheesy suburban thing he does for some reason. I guess because Truman's personality has completely developed because of being a centre of attention. So he's always doing fun little things because people laugh at his jokes so much and they're like, encourage him to be this guy who draws on the mirror and talks to himself and then he goes, you can have that one for free or something. So you know, that's, that's actually my favourite bit of the film.
1: No one's ever no. beaten him up and bullied him. No, for so being he annoying. he can
0: do whatever he wants. in like, when he's like, yeah. always <laughs> in year seven, forever. So his forever. mental age probably is quite low. Um, but <laughs> one of my favorite two of my favorite bits. One of them is when he's sneaking around the hospital, and it's so funny to watch him sneaking around when you know that every single person in the, his whole in his whole universe in what he understands the world to be is literally like trying to stop him he must that he must be starting to cotton on at that point point. and then one of my next favorite kind of sequences is when he gets up and he's worked it out and he's he knows he's going to go and try and f with the producers or whoever it is he doesn't even know who it is and he's just like being a, an asshole like to the neighbors and stuff he sort of has that like I don't know what you'd call it. Footloose, fancy free spirit that I think is so fun. Jim Carrey does it really well. There's a
1: few theories on the internet. I don't know how much you delved into these. It's like one is that they actually want him to leave the show because the show is running out of money because there's little things that have happened like the uh, light falling out of the sky or the radio... I mean, I could find the full post and uh, give a bit more of an abridged version. Uh, so constant set failures, hiring cheaper actor, extras with less screening, like mm. his dad slipping through, the increasing product placement. I guess we don't necessarily know it's increasing, but, uh, but he is confused by the product placement at some bits, which shows that it's still slightly alien to him. Yeah,
0: I don't buy it. I mean, I do think they could be running out of money, but I think it's more that Christoph's so maniacal. The real problem for me is that, okay, Meryl, what well, she's given up her entire life, she's been in it since, like, high school, uh, Marlon is, like, an alcoholic because he has to drink beer all day to advertise it. Like, these people aren't happy... Why are they there? Like, what what is the realistic job after this? They can't play any other role. Everybody in the world's going to know who they are, exactly who they are. It's like Truman, at least... I mean, I personally believe that he'd probably become a kind of Howard Hughes-style recluse and hole himself up for a while. Uh, but maybe in, like, somewhere in the countryside or something. Somewhere complete... Maybe city, I don't know, but I don't think he'd want to be around a lot of people because... He has not only got to learn what that real world is; he's got to come to terms with the fact his entire life was a lie. He was being gaslit from the moment he was born. Did you see how much they were gaslighting him? Like his mum when he was like, "I saw Dad yesterday," and she's like, "Oh, I see him all the time. It's perfectly normal. It's just grief." Her whole. And trying to convince him to have have a baby.
1: Tripping into having grandchildren.
0: Yeah, it's dark. It's dark when you. Feel Everyone's about it like that, job you know?
1: is weighted to him, like so. They need to keep him there so they have a function themselves. Yeah, a lot of people's lives probably feel like it's not their life they're living, but they're living their life according to everyone else's expectations. Especially on Instagram. I was just gonna say, even to be really basic about it, like everything in our society is commodified. Like time is commodified, um, so we work hours which allow us to shop at the weekend we schools are built around work hours rather than hours of productivity that would suit children all of those things are kind of things which we which is hard for us to escape which we have to adhere to and
0: are ultimately unfulfilling so this is what I that leads on because it kind of made me think of like Uh, more like Sisyphus than Prometheus, I guess. The thing with Prometheus is he has to be, he's he's suffering a punishment for kind of acting like God. So really it's Christoph who should end up having his guts pecked out by a bird every day, like Prometheus was in the classics of ancient Greece. Uh, But maybe it's more like Sisyphus. I can't remember what he was even being punished for, Sisyphus, but he had to roll this, this rock up this hill and Albert Camus, Famously used it as a metaphor for existentialism, right? Is that correct? Later, we both did the same English A
1: level. I think for what existentialism is kind of a reaction to, as in like. Right. Yeah. I, I, I so I was so. wondering. But people say a Sisyphean task, don't they? Like a task yeah. which is laborious without any fulfillment. Because
0: we, we often wonder does Sisyphus know? that his task is never ending or does he like think that it's going to end and keep, why does he keep doing it if it's, if it's not um, getting him free? And I kind of feel that way for Truman. What does he do all day at work? Do people just like prank call him and be like, can I have some insurance? Like what is how the fact that everything isn't real kind of makes it real in a way, if that makes sense. Like they, they have real really, memories.
1: Up until the yeah. point that he cracked, exactly it was real for him, even yeah, and that's what's so if it wasn't real that's what's so trippy else. about this
0: film and kind of can get you and like why I relate it to Groundhog Day because I think it it kind of touches you philosophically. You're kind of left to wonder about your own existence, your own mental health. Like, how much should I kind of probe the authenticity of my? Um, surroundings and of course authenticity search for it is one of the great uh, religious truths globally isn't it you know um, Buddha was just seeking this sort of experience that wasn't uh, clouded by sensation and, and all the things that kind of distract us in life and more about the essence of just being
1: and in reality lots of people do work quote unquote bullshit jobs I mean I I read a book about it, so I can uh, leave <laughs> in the show notes. But there there are lots of jobs which people are doing every day which have been created through parasitic industries or whatnot, and no one has really checked on why they're there. I mean, the guy gives yeah, out so lots of different es- definitions to different That's types funny of because jobs. I remember but when I, um,
0: this is by the way, I'm not insulting anybody who works in these fields. But I just find it really interesting when you start thinking about recruitment as a job, how that it only exists because other jobs exist. And it's like, as long as the workspace continues to grow, then the recruitment industry can exponentially continue to grow. But we all know that's not possible. And like, what's the first thing people are going to do in a huge recession is surely get rid of recruitment and do it in-house so it's free to recruit people without recruiters. About paying them to do it, if that is how it works. Um, I think that's... It's, it's definitely not essential. And I, I, that sounds really bad, because I think you learn probably a lot of good skills in that industry, but the, to- the task itself can never really be fulfilling, because it only serves its purpose. Yeah. It only derives
1: use from from the, the fact jobs exist. <laughs> it doesn't sound bad or insulting, because there is lots of research to say that to live a fulfilling life part of that needs to be a job which you actually see having a material effect on the world or like you feel part of the process of something that is just a cornerstone of mental health okay not everyone has the ability to step free but i think it's important to remember that you you're not always so tied to things as you think you are, or even if you are, you can find other escapes in your life, like Truman ultimately does.
0: I think that, um, I like what you said, because it's it's also a bit of a lesson in not taking things so seriously. Because, like we say, his job is literally made up. He's not actually doing anything. It's mostly a way to get him to do things they want him to, like introduce a new love interest. When uh, his wife runs away. Did
1: he get paid like real money? No, but yeah. Maybe
0: they have like Sea Haven dollars. I don't, nah, they must have dollars. I don't know. That's a really interesting point, though, because how much has this guy, Christoph, this is like kind of links back to this nature of reality question. So, like, how much has Christoph, Christoph, having created this thing that he says, uses the same energy as a small country how much has he actually just actually created a reality that exists because all those people I'm sorry but if you're going to tell me they go home and switch off there's no way Marlon has he's been in it since he was seven so how can he separate his life from the Truman Show how can he ever feel like an authentic person when he spends his whole time lying to somebody he's known almost all his life and I think that is a lot what you're talking about people experience you know in reality um, at work if they're pretending to do something they don't really want to do or like you say you don't need to change job you don't need to you don't need to find fulfillment in a job you can find it another way it's just that our society has geared it towards being your job your job is your life you are your job we work more than ever and it you don't have to it doesn't have to be your job but If you start doing something that's a hobby or volunteering, you might just start to change your view of reality a little bit and your own idea of the limitations. Like Truman, you see through the limitations. And instead of going for it because of your ego or because you've been told you can do whatever you want, you know, actually practically right out.
1: All of Truman's limitations were put in by someone else to optimise the entertainment of the viewing public and the efficiency of the show. Now, I'm not saying, listeners, that that's what's happening in your life, because it's not. But to some extent, all the limitations in your life are there to serve other people's needs or, like, an economic function.
0: Yeah, it's true, actually, how interrelated it all is. And, like, the town created by um, Christoph is almost a microcosm. Well, I liked your idea of it as representing or able to represent, because obviously this wasn't invented then, but being able to represent the um, social sphere, the virtual social sphere. But also, yeah, like the idea of it as microcosmic, of um, the way societies form and, and act, and like, it's just...
1: It's also a utopia for the creators, not necessarily for Truman, because it uses this 1950s nostalgia aesthetic. So they're like perpetually in 1950s, 1960s suburbia, which a lot of people see as, like, the archetype America always harks back to. Americana. It was war it was boom time, it was when they were giving Europe loads of money, so that meant they had loads of influence, because they bought yeah. it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, but it was also that small-town thing, which was actually awful for minorities.
0: Because yeah. Sea View really is that, when you find that out, a bit weird but yeah this guy basically created it as a social project and he's actually in the film in the scene with the extras do you know when he sits down in a cafe truman and he starts looking around and have you ever done that where you're like on your own in a bar or a cafe just look around at people oh they're having their conversations except for truman it's really uncanny because they're like just making up extra chat i don't know if anyone's ever been an extra um listeners or like a extra i guess in a play like in the background a townsfolk maybe when you have to make fake conversation
1: wow the pantomime which i was in where i also doubled as a disagree <laughs> i had to do that but i i know someone who was an extra for um a famous scripted reality show made in chelsea and they said it was the weirdest experience of their life so were you saying that in the real sea view people had Depression. Sorry, I... No, what I, 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 what I was saying was that in right. Sea Haven, they're, what they've created is, like, this 1950s, 1960s ideal. Yeah, never and you're saying it. that in the 60s, a lot of
0: the housewives um, were on antidepressants and the men were all playing away and it wasn't the perfect image that
1: the Truman Show would have, you believe. N- no, but that's how nostalgia functions, isn't it? Nostalgia functions by... Creating a memory of what, of what, of how we would want the world to be, or how we, how we remember. Without rose-tinted glasses, an idea on. of what society should be like, but not nothing. No place in history has ever been. Perfect. It's true. And I, I find it. In I wonder if that was the appeal of the Truman Show in the the film's universe. That part of the reason they did watch it was because it was an escapism to like a simpler time yeah and now it people could kind of project themselves but now the truman. truman show
0: film feels like an, an escape to a simpler time because it's like people are rightly kind of outraged at his treatment do you know
1: not think and people can talk to each other in a bar
0: <laughs> i don't know um i, I just think it brings up a lot of interesting questions about how much you should you know um accept about the reality as it's presented to you without kind of verging into uh, psychosis I suppose or or ways ways in which reality is constructed and it can be health you know like a lot of people I haven't had this experience myself but people take or like microdose acid or mushrooms people take hallucinogenic psychedelic drugs and say that it helps them see reality and experience it in a different way and it's true that in the Western world, we have this sort of individualism and we think that we are the star in our own movie all the time and that sometimes you need to, I guess, if not literally, metaphorically, take some acid and dissolve your ego and try and remember that the world is not revolving around you.
1: <laughs> it, we, we're encouraged to be narcissists, and but that doesn't mean that we have to accept that. Well, and... um,
0: I saw that this is from um, a Vanity Fair article entitled... Truman Show, 20 years later... uh, 20 years later, Everything is the Truman Show by Julie Miller. This was from 2018, so that, I guess, was 20 years exactly from when it was uh, released. And she says, As an audience, we didn't just blow past the Truman Show's cautionary subtext. We've elected a reality star as our president. And I thought that's quite poignant, because, in a way, politics... You know, I'd say in the UK it feels like the thick of it. If you if it's a show that listeners have seen, it's kind of like Veep um, or Parks and Rec. It's like a send up comedy of the bureaucracy of the government, and it sort of feels a bit like that is just happening in re- real life. <laughs> and maybe it always has, but it it does. Maybe it's the
1: way we access it, or
0: know. maybe when we have these ideas in our own interwoven in our minds we start to see it that way because our brain naturally makes connections and perhaps the politicians start to act it out that way because they find it sells more stories and they can use it to their advantage and do you know what I mean
1: so it's like we've learned as much about everyone else as they've learned as much about consumer habits and behaviour and how we respond to different events because you can study like uh i can't remember the subject but you can study like public speaking and uh handling events like they're they're things like they're things yeah. that are studied and um and people have theories about so you know i guess the the intelligence on how humans react to things is more intelligent than our own concept of it yeah, as individuals exactly so the... which is Scary. It is
0: scary. and That's that's not the thing I find scariest about this movie. Um, it's the way it kind of asks you to examine your reality. And that's not something people do very often when they're distracted by social media and they're having fun in the virtual reality that they perceive as better than than what they experience in reality. And it's a dangerous way to start slipping down because... Okay, Donald Trump can be on The Apprentice, a reality TV show, which is undoubtedly scripted reality, and then he just takes that act to the presidency. This is kind of scripted reality, and doesn't that just mean that at some point all our institutions blur into one, and then reality kind of does cease, start to atrophy, atrophize, like. Mm. the fact even that all kind of reality tv feels like it's exactly the same format but then like i say i've got um i've got hope and i'm optimistic because i do think as horrific as coronaviruses having been a pandemic that's killed so many people in some ways the hope for the future captures an essence that might help us to think more like a community and less like individuals because in the eastern traditions
1: they don't do that as much i think when you look through history as much as there's been lots of cases of you know horrific reactions to global events or like to catastrophes there's also been so many examples of humans responding in a positive pragmatic way and creating a better future so i think you have to be optimistic and hope that there is some kind of collective consciousness occurring because I think collective consciousness I I know that sounds really hippie but like I don't mean it like I just mean what it means I mean that a lot of people are thinking about changing the way they live and that Um, that we are
0: one and together we can only function together like you in in a crisis like that and it's only more increasingly likely they're going to happen I mean I guess that's the final thing I would say about this film to try and wrap it up, I suppose. We've been talking for a while um, Mm -hmm, about the nature of reality that um, there's this existential idea about who's really pulling the strings in my life and if there's a God, if you're predestined. Like, the way that Jim Carrey lives in this movie is actually... The way he actually lives but doesn't realise is the way that people, very, very religious people in, like, the medieval times lived but it wasn't true if that makes sense they imagined there was a god directing their lives and making the decisions for them they were happier that way yeah <laughs> with that well not happier but there was some comfort in this agency whereas now that we've taken it into our own hands and we're curating our own reality through social media through um all oh, this whole idea of like personal branding and if, if the, maybe it's a democracy actually of the ability to brand yourself personally and have a have your own kind of pr um at your fingertips but i just find it a bad direction i don't know about you
1: the technology has collided with hyper individualism and neoliberalism to create what's ugly and i think the technology in itself is a vessel Mm. and it may it may encourage the way we use it may encourage people to use it in the same way but i think we could we could hopefully create a different society where we use technology to a better end than what we're using it for now the
0: the original founders of the internet were right
1: i think maybe coronavirus has shown you know there's been even like organizing the last one was it the last one this next thursday the clap like at least like stuff like organizing that shows that there is A collective power that there's a potential and to to create good
0: and come together with your neighbors but no you're right because what we get online is inauthentic like you say interactions and what we're having because of coronavirus are authentic interactions with others and that is
1: nice and i feel it like i've met um i've met up with people socially distanced since we've been allowed to in the uk and i found myself like not yeah looking at my phone well not i was never the person that was always on my phone but like i just found that my community my conversations felt a lot more present than before it's been an important time to like reflect on i think it was very before we went into lockdown you could easily get into a rut of being like i need to go out and socialise. For X, but, but not really think about whether you wanted to or, like, whether you were doing it in a way that was actually making meaningful connection. Um, and now I, like, okay, now I actually appreciate why I like people and why I like yeah. hanging out with my friends. I'm hopefully gonna... I'm, I, but I guess I'd never really reflected on yeah. it so intensely before. And hopefully I'm gonna change some of my behaviours which are gonna mean i'm actually gonna you know live a more fulfilling life i
0: love chatting don't get me wrong chewing in the fat as it were and uh and talking about deep philosophical things um but i also don't think we should be hung up on them and we should get out there and experience and try and see ourselves as just a a fragment of a wider world you know we're just kind of like dandelion seeds blowing along for a brief minute so hold on get a good view and uh bend your legs when you land I guess I
1: think introspection is good if you need to work on something but for the sake of it you'll just end up in rabbit holes and that's
0: why Truman's a hero because he didn't fall into the trap of introspection he was
1: instead kept thinking maybe he didn't fall into it because he didn't grow up in our society he grew up in a constructive one
0: thank you so much for listening
1: thank you so much for listening
0: yeah see you next time hopefully not in lockdown (laughs) i <laughs>